There's nothing we love sharing more than knowledge. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Fees, that's an ongoing discussion here in South Africa, especially university fees. And just to talk to us a little bit more about um, the prospects of free tertiary education in South Africa. I'm, I'm joined on the line by Professor Ahmed Bawa, who's Chief Executive Officer of University South Africa. Um, Prof, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to Intune. Good afternoon, and thank you for having me on station. Yeah, I, I imagine that we were going to get quite a few comments on this one. So if you'd like to comment, send your SMSs to me, 34701. They're charged at just one round. You make the point, Prof, that university students should, in fact, uh, come to terms with the fact that they will need to continue paying their fees until there has been a viable funding alternative. You know, from our point of view, it, the, the critical issue is uh, how do we ensure that the university system stays viable uh, while, you know, the whole discussion around the nature of the uh, contribution of students to higher education is worked out? Uh, if we simply went to a fee-free education system right now uh, without any compensation, any uh, new sources of income, uh, the university system would simply collapse. Mm. Uh, so that's the, you know, for the university system, that's the critical issue. Yeah, let's look at how hard hit our institutions really have been with the um, no increment that we saw this year. Yes. Well, this year uh, we were fortunate in that the uh, Treasury and the Department of Higher Education and Training made available a certain amount of money to recompense universities for the 0% increase. Mm. Having said that, each of the universities had to find uh, significant buckets of money uh, to uh, uh, to make up the shortfall, if you like. And, so and how significant so, are we talking, Prof? Well, uh, you know, each university, depending on the nature of the university, uh, each university had to find a certain amount of money. So uh, I was at the Durban University of Technology last mm. year, and uh, the initial request from the Department of Higher Education and Training was that we should try and find 20 million rand to make up the deficit. The deficit. Mm. Uh, eventually, that figure came down to about 10 million. But what that meant essentially was that, uh, you know, uh, core costs in uh, in terms of uh, salaries and so on um, were cut. Uh, had to be cut. Um, now, other universities had to make more significant contributions, if you mm. like, uh, to the uh, to that. Uh, that bucket of money, yes. Well, let's look at that, you know, that said, you know, um, estimated 10 million rand, and that's just for one university. Where that's would correct, yes. Where would one of these universities have found that money that they needed to compensate? Well, it's very simple. You know, uh, it would have been money that would have gone towards uh, uh, replacement of posts. It would have been money that would have gone to uh, maintenance. Uh, it would have been money that would have gone to library budgets. So, you know, so universities uh, then have to reprioritize their funding. Uh, now, either you can do that once, uh, perhaps you could do it twice, but uh, sooner or later, um, the university begins to be dysfunctional. Yeah, surely, though, when we saw the beginning of this commission that was to look into the possibilities of free education, we expected yes. that by by August 2016, we'd have some kind of plan as to how we would structure 
um, you know, and, and how Treasury would structure everything around making free education possible. And yet in August, that hasn't happened. Why is that? I mean, we saw just recently in the news students coming out publicly and saying that the commission refuses to listen to their views and that if they are not heard, they're taking to the streets again. Yes. Look, I can't speak for the commission, right? Uh, it's a presidential commission. Mm. But what I can say is that, uh, you know, I think it was um, very optimistic, in fact, that we would have expected that commission to make uh, recommendations by, you know, by August this year. Um, and I think that the timeline that it has set for itself now is a much more realistic timeline. Mm. Uh, the fact that it's going to report by June next year. Um, now, the fact of the matter is that, you know, uh, the, the, the deliberation of that presidential commission does not quite mean that uh, we're going to move towards a fee-free education. It's going to investigate that, right? Mm. So, uh, so we, we're all very anxiously waiting for that outcome. And that outcome is one that we're only going to get in June next year. Now, I'm going to go back to to this issue that the students have raised, and that's the fact that they may have said that if if there is an increase next year of fees, which is is really unlikely, if we're we're quite honest, and you'll talk about how likely that really is, you've got students that are threatening to go back out into the streets, and that cripples our universities even further. Yes, well, you know, from our point, and as I indicated earlier, from our point of view, the critical issue is that if there is... uh, you know, another round of, uh, uh, you know, uh, 0% increase on fees. Mm. Um, and if there isn't a compensation for that somehow, that uh, we expect something like 17 or 18 of our universities to run into the red next year. Gabo mm. Lamini yeah. um, made a point quite publicly recently that um, one of the suggestions should be to cut down the salaries of vice chancellors, and I wondered if that would even make a significant dent in terms of what would be needed, even if we're just talking a zero percent increase in 2017. Yeah, look, let's just let's just take uh, you know, let's just take 26 vice chancellors, uh, you know, and let's just assume that the average salary of the vice chancellor is two billion rand a year. Uh, so let's cut back the salaries by 50 percent. Uh, so it's a billion rand a year. So we're saving 26 billion rand. Uh, and, you know, that's just a little bit really comparable. You're saying million, right? Money. Not billion. Million, million, million yes. yes. I think you're a bit blocked up, so it's sounding like a billion. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so that's just a little bit really in comparison to the amount of money that's required. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, listen, let's, let's open up the lines, right? How, how ready are students ready to, to listen to this point of view that right now, a 0% increase is just not feasible and that um, fees or free tertiary education is not going to happen in the very near future. Are students ready to hear that? And if they're not, what solutions or, or um, you know, alternative options are they bringing to the table? What, what alternative options do you bring to the table on how we fund universities? Give us a call on 0891-104-207. Again, 0891-104-207. Shows so good, we won't blame you if you can't pick a favor. Can't pick a favor. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. 
Well, we're taking your calls on the number 0891-104-207. We're talking about the, um, really, the, the, the fee announcement that we're hoping to hear from the higher education minister that was postponed um, quite recently. And you know, initially there was supposed to be an announcement, has been postponed, and now we're hearing that the commission is only really going to give us their recommendations in June 2017. Um, so what is it that we should be doing? Should we be convincing students about their need to pay their tuition until an alternative funding mechanism has been found? Um, give me a call, 891 I'm still with Professor Ahmed Bauer, Chief Executive Officer of University of South Africa. Rasi is on the line in Richards Bay. Rasi, good afternoon. Hi, how are you? I'm well, how are you? I'm very well, too. Mm. Now, uh, is, is it Christine who's talking? Say that again, Rasi. What is your name again? Naledi. Naledi, sorry, Naledi. It's okay. Naledi, my, com- my comment is easy. Mm. Uh, I, uh, I work, and then so I also want to see our students uh, having uh, free, uh, free, educa- free quality education. Mm. But the government, there's been talks that the government, our government uh, is huge as compared to the other first-class countries. If our government is serious, it needs to look at reducing their, their sizes, size of the government. And if they can do that and then convincingly do that, I don't mind even if they don't get into the money that is required that they say, okay, the people who are working, let's now look into taxing you a little bit more in order to make education quality and free education. But they need to, to convincingly con- con- convince us that they have done something to, to make sure that they, they take all that money that is there that was being fruitlessly spent by the government. So you're, you're saying that you're saying that if government is to show us their own budgets and say, look, we've cut down on fruitless spending, then the public would be willing to, 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 to increase taxes and pay for these university fees? Yes, not, not only through the spending, reduce the government to the reasonable size so that we know that this minister don't only focus on one thing, has few things to focus on, and then we have a reasonable size of, of the government. Mm. And, and you, we must also compare our government to the first class countries, and we mustn't have so huge government and say, no, our government, we have a great government. No, no. We, not, we all know, okay, I can't convince you say, Yes, that is, but there's been talks that our government, as compared to the other first-class countries, are so huge, and then it doesn't make sense. Okay. So until they can get to that point that they have reduced, they completely show public or me that we've done so much, we still haven't got to the, to the level or to get to the money that... Well, we can afford free education. Then I, I don't mind to be taxed little bit reasonably as well in order to contribute to this money. Okay. Rasi, thanks for calling. Katlaro is on the line in Mpumalanga. Katlaro, good, good afternoon. I'm well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Mm. I just wanna, the first call I made, you hit the, the point, one of the points that I want to make is to say we, we, we waste a lot of money in government. We know government has money. They need to cut their wastages. And the other point is to say if Somebody could spend a billion rands on advertising for local government elections. They know where money is. Clearly, mm. politicians know how to get access to money. They should just use the same people who know how to get all these election-earning money to source the funding somewhere. Mm. Wherever they got that money, that's where the money is. Mm. Cut that and 
do whatever they did for elections to get the money back. Okay, thanks for calling. Again, though, that isn't government money. That's 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 ANC money, and those are two completely different parts. But um, I think that the point is taken. Prof, is this, is this really an issue of political will? I mean, that's what both my callers are really talking about. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I, think, I think it's fair comment that, um, that you know, it has to be, there has to be a national, if, if we to move towards a fee-free education, that it has to be a national decision. Mm. You know, that we have to decide, uh, look, that we're going to be spending less on, you know, on the military and less on basic education so that we can have fee-free high education. But, but that's a national discussion. Mm. It's, not a discussion. it's not a discussion that we can, uh, you know, that can be made uh, by the Department of Higher Education Trading or by the universities. Mm. Uh, and, 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 you know, and the whole idea that uh, money is being, you know, spent in uh, uh, unfruitful ways and so on, and I think those are all fair, that's all fair comments. But it, there's still a need for a national conversation about whether, uh, you know, whether we can afford fee-free higher education uh, in the absence of fee-free basic education, for example, mm. which is a requirement of the Constitution. Right? The Constitution requires us to have fee-free uh, basic education. Well, well, that we've so, achieved for some of the most vulnerable communities. We've already done yes, that. But high education, it's been achieved in high education as well, right? That, uh, you know, NISFAS, uh, is a, it's a loan system, of course, although a significant part of the loan has been, you know, is, uh, written off. Uh, but what the NISFAS system has done is provided us with the opportunity of, uh, ensuring that the poorest of the poor who are admitted into university, uh, can get, you know, can have access to high education. Now, the big question, of course, is, is there enough money there for that? Mm. Uh, and, you know, should that be enhanced? Should those uh, loans be converted to grants? All those kinds of things are, uh, those questions are very important. And, I, and, I, and, we are, and I, there's very significant work going on in that direction. Mm. Um, and, you know, and I'm very hopeful, in fact, that by the time we get to 2018, that the challenges facing the poorest of the poor and the middle, missing middle, if you like, mm. that those sectors will be catered for. Uh, By 2018. But having said that, none of, you know, uh, this is not a fee-free system. This is a system uh, which uh, requires the government to set aside resources for the poorest of the poor. Okay. Well, and I need to take our calls quickly so we can move towards, you know, concluding this discussion. Heath is on the line in the Western Cape. Heath, good afternoon. Thanks for calling. Mm. Hello. Yes, Heath, thanks for calling. Thanks so much. Um, yes, I just I agree with the previous two callers in terms of um, the finance in, in government and where it's being spent. Mm. In a first world country, education is free because first world systems and the tax system and the way everything is done and everything is managed, I would say, better in a sense. Mm. If you look at South Africa as a country and the taxpayer and the volume of people that pay tax and the contribution and where the funds and all that go, um, there is money in this country. But frivolous spending, government spending, you look at the billions that are spent on government delegation, anything from, from the... I worked personally in the hotel industry before I went to varsity and study. Mm. And the amount of money that gets spent on all kinds of... Everything from in Kandla and 
the list is almost endless. You could cut so much government spending, starting with government officials, salaries, bonuses, their personal vehicles. There's a lot of money that could actually be cut in government to fund something as important as, as education, education, health, security. And person, I mean, for students to get upset with universities and take on universities, personally, is a very narrow-minded way to get things done because universities are all trying to educate the masses. Okay. The students got together and they went to Parliament and they seriously put a process together for frivolous government spending to be accountable for and for finance to be spent effectively, I think you would see a, a much bigger change. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Heath, that point is made. Thank you so much for calling. Gerald's on the line in Durban. Gerald? Hi, Nareli. This uh, national discussion that uh, the prof is talking about, well, this is a national discussion that takes place around every election, and Mm. this is maybe what they should teach the students on how democracy works, Mm. that you elect a a party that's going to give you something for free or something that you want, but... Uh, you know, to, to believe that you can get everything for free is a bit of a stretch of the imagination because free means someone else has got to foot the tax bill for what you got for free. But say it's an issue of free education. Then you vote for a party that gives you free education. And in a democracy, if your party doesn't get in, then you accept the outcome of that. You don't go burning down universities, breaking other people's things, and making all other threats. That is, a, is an idiocracy, basically. Uh, and, uh, you know, if they simply in this country elected decent politicians, then every politician could give up the 30 bodyguards that they have. And that's, a, that's the first way we'd save a lot of money. Yeah, uh, Gerald, thanks for calling. So many different suggestions, and I think a lot of them are going back to, you know, the, the fruitless spending in, in, in government. Um, but I, I want to just quickly tackle something with you, Prof. This this almost, uh, and, and uh, I think it was Heath that raised it, right, that... The, the the students themselves are taking on universities um, in this matter. And I'm wondering if, in fact, this protagonist versus antagonist relationship with the universities and the students is part of the problem here, and that if universities and students were to work together to have some kind of um, worthy voice in political spaces, that, that, that we could maybe see some movement. I think that it hits the, it hits the nail on the head. You know? mm. uh, the, the fact of the matter is that uh, the universities can't solve this problem by themselves, you know. Uh, you know, the, the universities are totally dependent on the fee income and on subsidy income. There's no other, you know, major source of income into the universities. Uh, if we are to maintain a high level, uh, a high quality, high education system, uh, then the universities have to be funded properly. And, uh, you know, we should be careful not to destroy uh, a really good high education system, you know. It, no question about the fact that it, we can improve efficiency, we can improve uh, quality and so on, but uh, it's by far the strongest higher education system on the continent. It uh, punches way above its weight, you know, in the, in the international system. And uh, we, we need to be careful that we don't destroy it. And the way to do that is really for us to take a, to understand that it's a national resource mm. and that we have to work together, you know, the government, students, universities, business sector, uh, to try and resolve uh, this impasse, this set of impasses that we face at the moment. Yeah. Just, just as we wrap up, if it's from University South Africa to take this conversation forward, I mean, you were talking now about students needing to continue paying the, the, their tuition until there has been an alternative. But um, in, the, in the interim, though, 
What is the role of University of South Africa in, in, in trying to work towards a 0% increase with these students or a, a fee-free structure? Yeah, look, I, you know, I think that we, we have to... So again, you know, the, the role of University of South Africa is really to provide the basis for the universities to work jointly as a sector, uh, but to work together then with government and with, uh, you know, with students and with uh, the business sector and so on uh, to try and understand how to uh, get to a situation which is acceptable to most people. Now, whether we'll ever get to a fee-free system is quite another matter. Mm. Uh, but what we might be able to do is say, well, can we come up with a system that uh, defers payment for higher education uh, for after students have graduated and gone into work? Mm. Uh, something like a graduate tax model, for example. Mm. Mm. Uh, those are options that we need to consider. Um, you know, uh, the one, one of the callers mentioned the fact that first world universities are free education. Well, only some of the first world countries. You know, it's not true in the USA. It's not true in the UK and so on. Mm. Uh, but where, where you do have fee-free education in the first world, those countries also have extraordinarily high tax levels, right? So, so it's, it's also a question of, uh, trying to work out with the government how can we begin to address uh, these, this, uh, the shortfall, if you like. You know? Okay. Uh, a part of that, of course, is saving money from other sources. Another part of that is uh, finding uh, new ways of generating income. Yeah. Well, you know, Prof, I, I have to leave it here, and I, and I hope that we'll, we'll talk some more in the future. Do stay in touch with us. This is obviously an important one, especially for in sure, June. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll be happy to be in touch here. Yeah, please. Professor Ahmed Bauer, Chief Executive Officer of University South Africa. A few SMSs have come in. One that says our leading politicians and MPs um, could help towards lowering fees by not asking for pay increases this year and even better contribute a portion of their salaries to student fees. Emmanuel Training, who, in fact, I I finally met one of my listeners, uh, Manuel, I met at the Food and Wine Show a few weeks ago. He says, this could be made possible in future if we cut unnecessary government spending, introduce education levies, and increase productivity across the board. Um, another SMS says, students are not ready for anything other than an announcement of free, free tertiary education. University education currently does not improve lives. And Dumi says, the free education protagonists want the money to come from away. Bashanya, which means they're crazy. Hmm. Now, this one gets us uh, really hot and bothered, but I want to I get more SMSs, right? 3471, keep the thoughts coming in. In a moment, we're going to move into our motivation corner. Uh, Dr. Dumsani Makalela, standing by.